Blog Talk Radio. Tonight, what else is going on, Leash Girl? We got so much 
stuff going on here on Let's Chat. You know, we be working, working, working. If you want to see the ladies of Let's Chat, make sure y'all head out to the Atlanta Kickback. We will be there on July 22nd in Atlanta, Georgia. Shout out to uh, E. Eugene and Tracy Boyd. We were at their event on, on a couple of weeks ago in Michigan. We enjoyed ourselves. We enjoyed ourselves immensely. Mm-hmm. We were actually requested to come back later this year, but we have another event uh, later this year. I hope we can make it. I'm going to try and see if we can fit it in our schedule, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. So I'm just excited. AANBC Awards are coming up June. You, we got so many things going on in the literary world. Make sure you guys got to keep your cyber eyes peeled for all of the hot things. Make sure you go out to um, meet and greets and meet authors. Ashley Antoinette, I believe, is in South Carolina. So if you're, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, North Carolina. So if you're in North Carolina and you want to meet the lady behind the pen of Prada Plan, make sure that you head out there if you're in that area and give her some love. If not, make sure you head over to Amazon, pick up that book, Prada Plan 5, Barnes & Nobles, pick up that book um, wherever books are sold. Awesome. I started reading it. I had to stop because I had uh, so many other things I had going on. So, but, you know, I'm going to... Uh, I'm doing a lot of traveling in the next couple of weeks, so I'm going to use that as my travel time. That just shows you guys that there is never any grass growing under our feet because even when we think we have downtime, we have work time. Every minute that we can squeeze in a, 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 some jobs to do, that is what we are doing. Commuting when we should be at the gym, <laughs> in between mm-hmm. jobs at work. I'm just saying, you know, we keep it busy so we can make sure we keep you guys informed of what's going on because there's some awesome books that are about to drop this summer, Leash. It's going to be a hot, hot summer. So everybody's Absolutely. ready to get their summer read on? I know I am. Yes, we got that uh, Bloodstone that's getting ready to drop from Reese World uh, by author Malachi Taylor. He's dropping mm-hmm. that. Uh, we got Byron Carey dropping we got um, D.E. Adams dropping. Shout out to the BDS comp, just to jump off a little quick, uh, jump jump off subject real quick, BDSM Writers Con. Mm-hmm. Um, I told everybody that's the one I went to last year. It is this year in August. It will be in New York, August 17th mm-hmm. to the 20th. Make sure that you guys, if you're in the area, Go out. That is a fabulous event. They have so many different um, things for that event. They have people that come out and do um, different seminars on different things. I mean, if you are an author that has any type of sex in your book, I would say to attend the the Writers' Con, the BDSM Writers' Mm -hmm. Con, because they always, I believe, they have uh, a way to teach sensual play that is unique. Um, and if you're an author, it will always stir your, I, I say, your writing gumbo. Stir it right on up. So make sure I'm not going this. I know I'm not going this year, but T will be there this year, um, for me. So this is going to be awesome. Tasha Demay will be there. So many things going on. Make sure you guys are. 
keeping your cyber eyes filled again. But registration for the BDSM Writers Con um, is bdsmwriterscon.com slash backslash registration dash 2017. Um, so if you're mm-hmm. interested in going to that event, make sure you head over there and find out um, the hotel information. It's a week long, a weekend long event. It will be mm-hmm. uh, the hotel that everybody is staying at is in the heart of the fashion district this year. So you're mm-hmm. looking to shop. There's a Macy's in the area, major retailers. Penn Station is just two blocks away. You know that's your spot. See, uh, it's minutes from Times mm-hmm. Square. Mm-hmm. Actually, Lise, you know, you spoke about Tasha and this uh, upcoming event. If you want to get a taste of what Tasha's pen does as a result of her attending these types of events, check out Love, Truth, and Consequences. She has part one and two. Part two is playing dirty. Make sure you head on over to Amazon and check out Mr. May's pen because she puts what she learns. And, and Tasha, Lee, she, she she engages in these events. She wants to see feel and taste what they are showing so she can adequately portray it in her novels and she does it well. You know, so she she's usually one of the participants <laughs> in these events. She gets her paddle, she gets tied up, she does she does the whole gamut. So make sure you check out her books, Love, Truth and Consequences and that's it on Reese World as well. And there are some more books that we have on the market list. You know, that's Peter Mac. We cannot forget Arthur Peter Mac. We may, he may have to come up to when he gets a chance and check out those type of BDSM events. I would love to get his take on them and whether he would be a participant. But he has that Ayana, The Return. Check that out. Also, check out the reviews on Amazon. He is racking up those stars. That's what Peter Mac does. Get ready for that Mac ride. (laughs) Absolutely. And if you are looking for reviews for your books, we do have the WRP Divas Review Team where we do do reviews. Uh, You just send your request to writeandroyaltypromotions at gmail.com. If you would like to be a sponsor or a guest on Let's Chat, just send your request to thechatradioshow at gmail.com. We can be streamed uh, here on blogtalk.com, so if you want to check out any of our previous shows, feel free to check out our archives. There are some on SoundCloud. They're on iTunes. So we're really just pushing the show, and we're getting it out there more. Uh, You can actually pick us up on any podcast app now um, as the chat radio, uh, Let's Chat with Miss Leisha and Tony, Miss Tony Alicia. Um, That's how it would have come on the podcast. We're going to take a brief break, Mm -hmm. and then we're going to come back with the fabulous Angie Liddell. All right. Oh, pull up on a bump of that bayroll. Shot him on a go, come a bayroll. Anywhere I go, you know the bayroll. Ball on a 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 ball on a
I came out of the streets so the bay road. You know we gon' eat cause the bay road. You know about me, you know the bay road. And all right, keep a nigga bay road. Say you got gas, nigga, roll up. You moving too fast, boy, slow up. When the time come with the dozer, I'ma make sure you be no up. VIP bought bottles and pull up. Tell DJ play the bay road. Strip C, you should know the cash out. Strip C, you should know the bank clothes. I need y'all to see it like Nino. Gunner man, gunner man, gunner man. We got them toys for the official price. And hey, yeah, I play with them rubber bands. One thing I don't need is that nigga. One thing I don't trust is that bitch. I'm ball like a hot boy bank roll. Stay fresh than a bitch and you know this. Street make a nigga lose focus. Hit a day then you gone tomorrow. Get a lot of cold up a street nigga. Nigga die by the cold, you a street nigga. Hey, I came out of the streets, go to bank roll. You know I gonna eat cause the bank roll. You heard about me, you know the bank roll. And all right, I'm a nigga bank roll. Pull up on the bump in that bank roll. Shot him on the gold, come a bank roll. Anywhere I go, you know the bank roll. I ball in the store cause the bank roll. I came out of the streets so the bank roll. You know we gon' eat cause the bank roll. You know about me, you know the bank roll. And all right, I'm a nigga bank roll. Yo, ballin' like a hot boy, hot boy, hot boy, hot boy, bank roll. Yo, ballin' like a hot boy, hot boy, hot boy, hot boy, bank roll. I came out of the streets so the bank roll. You know we gon' eat cause the bank roll. You know about me, you know the bank roll. And all right, I'm a nigga bank roll. Brother, think about some other things. Got me leaning back like a young king. 
she look over and ask what I'm smiling about. I tell her she might be one to turn me out. She started laughing and called me crazy. But she a bad lady, I ain't that crazy. This girl got a look that's criminal. And I'm wide awake, nothing subliminal. Shorty knows she got a hook in me. Anytime you spend his time doing nothing. Like a break at the job when you lunching. Now we riding around doing nothing together. And it's all gravy like whatever. Just chilling like whatever. We just cruise like whatever. Top down like whatever. Drink BC by like whatever. Me and you like whatever. With nothing to do like whatever. It's really like whatever. I mean like whatever. It's like You are now tuned in to the mother greatest. Yes, we are back. We are back. Welcome to Let's Chat. If you're just tuning in, I'm Miss Alicia. You know I got my fabulous right hand, and y'all, sometimes she is my left. The awesome Miss Tony. We are kicking it in the chat room with you guys on today. That uh, was a little bit of that Blue Marley, uh, which we played first. And then we played, yes, Omar Tyree makes a little music right now. Yes, he does more than just do books. We're going to have him on uh, a little later on. But now we got the fabulous Angie Liddell coming to kick it with us in the chat room. So excited. Have you seen that cover? (laughs) (laughs) Hi, how are you? (laughs) Oh, but good. hey, welcome. That, that was a great intro. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, that cover is saying some things. Yes. Welcome. Yes. How you ladies doing? How you guys yeah, doing good. today? Good. Thanks we so much good. for joining us tonight. Yes. Oh, we got the, see, I, I'm trying to get out the cover because, you know, I'm book bougie. And, you know, covers are my <laughs> thing. Oh, and, um, okay. mm-hmm. see, I've never, I don't think I've ever seen a cover with the Bay Bridge in it. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that. For everybody that doesn't know who Angie Liddell is, tell everybody a little bit about yourself and your literary journey. Uh, well, my name is Angie Liddell. Um, I'm from the Bay Area. Well, I'm from the Midwest, but I, I live here now in the Bay Area. Um, and I have Tears of the Game 1 and 2. Out, I'm a mother, um, you know, the usual. I'm a nurse during the day. I write all day. And um, I'm happy to be here. Well, we are glad that you are here. Absolutely. Okay, so I want to jump in. She's going to take the lead. I want to jump in about this cover. (laughs) What, t- tell us about this cover because you you wanted to give something you wanted you know you wanted the reader to feel something when they saw this cover. Tell us a little bit about the concept behind the cover. You know who you worked with to put it together. Um, the cover was done by Edifying Graphics by China Blue, and I wanted specifically to have the Bay Bridge in there because it is a book about the Bay Area. Um, so I need it, and, and for you to be in the Bay Area and understand the Bay Area, you cannot put a book out without having the Bay Bridge on the cover. That's so right. I wanted uh-huh. to make sure I captured that, and I, actually it's two because the front side is the old Bay Bridge, and then the back cover is the new Bay Bridge because they tore the old one down and they built the new one. 
So I want to give you both sides. I wanted you to feel like you're in the Bay Area when you read that book. Oh. Okay, you just gave us a little bit of history up in there. (laughs) Yeah, I'm from the Bay, so I felt like home. I was like, oh, she got the Bay Bridge in there and everything. Okay, come through. (laughs) I had to represent. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Sorry, C. Go ahead. No, that's okay. I'm learning up here and about the Bay Area. You know, Leisha's always talking about the Bay, but you're bringing it to life on this cover. And uh, please tell me that um, something referring to that bridge is in this story, Tears of the Game. I'm sorry, this is Tony, by the way. <laughs> oh, hey, Tony. <laughs> yes, it is. I mean, the whole book is, um, well, you know, it's a, 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 the story is, about couples and, you know, the friends, but every street that's in that book, that's talked about in the book, every restaurant, every um, side show or things that's going on are actual Mm -hmm. real streets of Oakland, real streets of Mm -hmm. the Bay Area, real things in San Francisco. So I just wanted it to be as true to the Bay Area as possible. Like, I didn't want somebody to read it and be like, oh, she didn't do her research. We don't have that here in the Bay Area. Right. You know, I wanted it to come. Mm. I wanted it to you to feel it, you know. Right. Mhm. Awesome. You know, Lee, that's kinda yes. like Brooklyn June. When you when you read his book you get that taste of, of Brooklyn and when you read an Aaron Aaron Bebo's book you get that taste of Harlem and New York City. And so it's good to see that outside because I live in New York so I'm always got my eye on certain things like this just to make it sure that it's authentic. And when you have right. that bridge on your cover, that's that screams authenticity to me. <laughs> absolutely. Her whole cover just say time business on it. I love it. I absolutely love it. <laughs> now, you are a nurse. You have so much going on. You write all day. I want to take you back to the time. What made you decide to pick that pen and become an author? Um, honestly, when I first started, I've been writing since I was a, a very young kid. Um, It was my way of escaping. My mother had all kinds of books in the house. I mean, anywhere from Jackie Collins on. So we we, we were always readers. And um, for me, writing was a way to escape whatever it is I felt I was going through. And then as I became a little older, um, I had wrote Tears at a Game many years ago. And I approached... um, a very known author who told me that it was trash. And so mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't pursue it. I kind of put it, it hurt my feelings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wasn't, I didn't know how to take the criticism at first. And, mm-hmm. um, and I sat it down, but then my mother said to me, since when you start worrying about what somebody say about you? Mm-hmm. And I said, Oh yeah, that, you know, I normally don't. So, you know, I went back, read it. I moved, I moved. And I, I read it, I saw it in the box, and I read it. I said, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and put it out. And then life happened, you know. Um, I was diagnosed with cancer in 2014, and I didn't think I was going to make it. And I said, you know what, I want to leave something with my name on it so my kids can look back and say, oh, my mom did that. That's my mom's name on there. Or whenever they have children, you know that's your granny's book. So I just want exactly. to I, I really rushed it and did it at that time. And then God said, um, well, you ain't going nowhere, so finish writing so I continue mm-hmm. to write. Mm-hmm. 
Because um, everyone who saw the book immediately thought, oh, this is another drug dealer. And he's going to get the girlfriend, and he's going to this, he's going to that. And it's actually not. It has a storyline. Um, and then it just shows consequences to living a certain lifestyle. And it got drama because you got enemies, and you got to weed out who the enemies are, and you're not aware that some of the enemies are sleeping with you. And it's a lot of drama. You know, but it's mm. it's real drama of things that actually happen to people. Wow. No, so, you know, so Lisa you said we you... are booked up. We are, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. No, because we are booked bougies. And in addition to the cover, you know, that, that title screams as well. So the tears of the game, it kind of makes you wonder. Like you said, you see bullets, you see blood on them, you see outlines of body. So you're wondering if it's a drug drug dealing. So would you say that what type of genre would we be expecting when we open the sign to this book? Um, it, it is very urban and um, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, they did start off as drug dealers mm-hmm. um, but it, it shows both sides. It shows them how they came up and it, it, it has parts where their women, their significant others share their part in their drama that they're going through even dealing with them. So um, the main characters, Deja and JT, you know, they're the main characters, and they they have so much drama, but they have enough drama for every character in the book. <laughs> so I, I don't want to give it away, so y'all, y'all going to have to read it. You really have to read it. Absolutely, because you know, let's chat. That's why we do what we do. You know, a lot of times as readers, we're allowed to fill an author's pen um, when we're reading their books. But when it's a somebody we haven't heard of, there's not a lot of word of mouth. It's good to be able to hear their passion and the the joy that they have for what they do mm-hmm. um, when they're mm-hmm. writing these. Because that alone sends people out to go and get their one click on just because you might say something like, Oh, well let me go see what she got going on over here and that is the <laughs> mm-hmm. but and that's what happens though. But the, your your mm-hmm. personality becomes your word of mouth. So it's so awesome um that you have that. Now you work, you're a mom, you have all these things going on. Honey, how do you balance all of this? Um well my children are adults. Um you know, I've been a nurse since ninety something. I ain't gonna say because then I'm gonna be telling my <laughs> Wait, age. Wait, she said ninety. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me just slow down. So, um, <laughs> and in between that, you know, I do a lot of work in the community in the Bay Area. Um, I'm also the president of a social motorcycle club, so I'm always oh. busy. But writing and or reading is my um, is my peace. 
you know, I find peace in it. Some people, whatever their, you know, whatever their thing is, mine is just peace. I could pour me a glass of wine, turn on some jazz, and I'll write all night. Mm-hmm. Right now, it's just, it's I, I know that's right. <laughs> that's awesome. Now, Angie, this is Tony. Now, you say you the you part of a motorcycle club. That's pretty interesting. Now, are we going to hear read about some revving up? Because, you know, my brother drives a Harley, and uh, so it, it's interesting to get that little taste of that bad boy motorcycle uh, mm-hmm. taste in the book. So are we going to see a little bit of that, you know, that you, that, that you kind of share with our club, with your club? <laughs> um, I am. There's a book that I'm work, in the works on, working on right now called How She Rides. Oh, and, oh okay. Um, it's, now you can like that any about... kind of way. <laughs> Right, I'm glad it was clear that that was a motorcycle book. I'm glad you made that clear. Yes, so that's coming next. Well, it's not coming next, but it's in the works. I have the cover for it. You know, I'm working on it. I have so many different, I'm actually writing three books right now at one time. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Busy, um, busy. Yeah, you know, and I have a, I have another book getting ready to come out right now with another author, LaVon. I don't know if you mm-hmm. heard of LaVon, but um, mm-hmm. we had I her started on the, show the book before. with... Uh, we love her here on okay. Um, I started the book with Christopher Ringo. I asked him to get in on the project with me, and then, of course, he passed away. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. um, right, so I contacted LaVon, her and I, you know, had conversed for a while, and she agreed to, she was like, oh, yeah, I want to get in on that. So, you know, her and I actually are 95% done with that book. And that's that's the one that's coming next. And then I'll probably bring out How She Rides after that. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Wow, now, awesome. how did you get connected with your publisher, Just Ride Publications? Um, that's my old publisher. I'm self-published. Oh, you self-published mm-hmm. it? Uh, so, mm-hmm. That's just right with my old, um, <laughs> it's my, you have an old cover there. Mm-hmm. That's right. I started out, um, in 2015, 16, 16, mm-hmm. with just right, um, word of mouth. Someone told them about me. They contacted me and, um, you know, we, we signed. And again, at that time I was going through the whole cancer situation. Um, mm-hmm. so I hurry up and signed with someone. And um, it didn't really work, so now I'm self-published, and I re-edited and bought Tears of the Game 1 back out with Tears of the Game Part 2. Mm-hmm. Now, I got a question for you, because I do publishing as well, but as an mm-hmm. author, um, and being on both sides, talk a little bit about... Um, or drop a few jewels that a new author um, deciding whether they're going to self-publish or go with a publisher, because really, I think a publisher is really an investor. They're investing into your pen, and when you are self-published, you're investing into your own pen. But drop some jewels on them, some things that you may see that people don't pay attention to or things that you think that you should be able to share just to be able to give people a little bit of information to have under their own belt. Oh, <laughs> research, research, research. Can't say it enough. Check, double check, triple check. 
um, it's, it's, I'm not saying that every publisher um, is shady or does wrong, but I'm saying before you sign anything, research, make sure that you have your stuff copywritten, that is your work, you know, and um, if you want to go on your own and, and self-publish, you know, you still have to research because you don't have that publisher to blame. Everything that fails is because of you. If you're on your own, you are your brand. So you push that every single day. You know, nobody knows who Angela Dale is. But in a few years, everybody going to know who Angela Dale is. Okay. Girl, you better talk that talk. I know that's right. Ain't nothing wrong with that. You got to put it out there. You got to put that's it right. out there. So if we were here right. a year from now talking about the things that you accomplished in 2017, what are some of the things that we would be talking about? Um, You will say Angela Dale came on my show and put it in the atmosphere that everybody is going to know her. <laughs> And and that um she is very dedicated to not just my books but in helping um everyone she can, no matter what it is. If someone that like for instance the other day a young lady inboxed me and asked me a question about it's actually the same thing you guys did. And, you know, I kind of ran it down to her the same way, maybe a little more in detail. Um, I'm I'm just not that person that will just hold on to it because I think there's room for everybody to make it. I'm not in competition with anyone but me. And, you know, you'll say she dropped some more books. Um, well, you don't know about my kids, but both of them are college grads. Um, I'm a single mom. Um, mm-hmm. You know, again, I'm a nurse. And um, if you're anywhere in the Bay Area and any charities that's going on, you will know that I'm involved in that. I, you know, it's, it doesn't just stop with writing with me. Mm. I know that's right. This is Tony, uh, Angie. Tell us a little bit about your community service. Um, community service, well, my club and uh, some of the others, other clubs here in the Bay, we get together every year. First of all, my club get together every third Saturday and pass out lunches to the homeless. Um, mm-hmm. We also help with prom dresses. We we adopt a kid from, you know, school, depending on their grades and what's going on. Mm-hmm. And we help mm-hmm. them with their prom dresses. Um, also, every June we do a big community picnic. It's totally free. You know, kids come out. We have vendors, you know, kids jumpers and free haircuts. It's all sponsored by my club and another club, my sister club. Mm-hmm. We call them Hot Wheels. Um, every Easter, no, Easter, we do an Easter egg hunt for the community. We do November, Thanksgiving, of course, dinner. And Christmas, we do Christmas giveaway, gifts giveaway, and mm-hmm. um, a feed. So mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm pretty busy out here in the Bay. That's awesome. And if any of our listeners would like to um, make a donation or help out with these various events that you have, is there a way that they can do that? They can. They can um, contact me on my club page, (laughs) uh, which is 32 Flavors. That's the name of my club. 
F-L-A-V-A-Z, or my sister club, Hot Wheels. That's hot with two T's, Wheels, um, on Facebook. And um, actually, we're taking donations now because we have the June 3rd community picnic coming up, which is our eighth mm-hmm. year doing this one. Mm-hmm. Awesome. There's some awesomeness mm-hmm. going on. She got going on here in the Bay. Well, there in the Bay Area, <laughs> not the Bay Area anymore. Right. <laughs> Go ahead, awesome. Z. Now, I want to just take you back just for a second, um, Angie, on on your writing, because you have a lot going on in your personal life as well as the different, um, you know, hands that you have in the community. And writing Mm -hmm. this book, when you picked it up, and you said it's it's different sides, you know, you have the drug dealer, you have the women. What was the most challenging part of picking it up and making it, as authentic as possible, and did you do any, like, what, did you interview drug dealers? Did you interview the, interview the women in their lives? <laughs> what was the most challenging part of getting this book finished for you, parts one and two? Um, <laughs> it, it, it really wasn't a challenge. Um, oh. It wasn't. Um, uh-huh. Hmm. Let me find out that you're selling, selling tea on somebody in this here book. <laughs> Wait, you hear that? I'm telling you, how can I say this? That's the only reason why people write fiction books, because they want to spill tea and be able to say, oh, it's just relatable. That's <laughs> how <laughs> everybody does um, it. Well, no, I didn't interview anyone. <laughs> I didn't interview anyone. <laughs> um. I, I grew up in deep East Oakland, so if you're from the Bay Area or been here, there's different sides to Oakland. <sighs> East Oakland is very known for um, a lot of the things I talk about in the book. So I didn't. It okay. was things that I may have seen, I grew up around, um, heard about. Um, so no, it wasn't. It wasn't hard at all. Now part two. Mm-hmm. Wasn't really hard because I didn't want to write a part two really um, mm-hmm. until you know the the readers started contacting me like, oh my gosh, you can't end the book like that. I know it's a part two, so it made me go back like, okay, I'll do a part two. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so, all right now yeah. that's 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 interesting. Now make sure you guys head over and um. Get that one click on, because like Lisa said, she might be throwing some shade up in there, because there's some hesitations. We can tell that there's some missing parts to this. I had to put my glasses on. There's some blanks. Yep, I had to put my sunglasses on to get my one. I'm on Amazon now, but I had to put my sunglasses on first. That's how much shade I feel that's going to be coming through. (laughs) How many phone calls did you get when you you wrote this book? How many people did you Okay, so I don't know if you watch Love and Hip Hop. But Juju wrote a book, uh-huh. and um, Yandy felt like a certain part of that book was about her. Like she was really like, mm-hmm. "This is me." <laughs> did you ever? Have, did you personally have any of those phone calls where people called you up talking about some Yandy? Um, I ain't gonna put me in this book without asking my permission, girl. That ain't you. <laughs> I, actually, I did. I have. Um, mm-hmm. It was after people read the book around the Bay Area. And they were contacting uh-huh. me, or they would see me out. Hey, oh. I remember that. You talking about us? No, I'm not talking about you. Don't you see the disclaimer in the front of the book? 
<laughs> um, <laughs> you know? All right. So, back in the day, it used to be a thing in the Bay Area called the Side Show. And that's where all the... Okay. Um, all the who's who and who wanted to know who's the who's who would meet up and you would see all the nice, uh, you know, Are tricked out cars. And, no, they didn't race, but they would all line their cars up, you know, for all the women to see. And it was all the D-boys from everywhere would come to the side show. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. <clears throat> when one person asked me about the, you were talking about me? No, I was at the side show. So, No. <laughs> Um, But I did get a lot of people, you know, um, (laughs) approaching me about the book. (laughs) Uh All right. Yeah, so, no. Make sure y'all one click and get that that, that daylight seat to get those (laughs) legs filled out. Absolutely. Like this many in the pie on the help. <laughs> like you're not gonna tell nobody it was you because you don't want nobody to know that was you in the first place. So I don't even know why you call my phone. <laughs> I know that's right. Okay. I'm gonna ask you on time out. Uh-huh. <laughs> I know, right? And she she be putting it on me. See, when I start acting up, it's cause Leisha. It's Leisha's fault. I'm putting that disclaimer out. And she started it when she said the. she told them, did you see the disclaimer in the front of the book? Oh, my, oh goodness. my goodness. Well, Angie, I'm going to ask you a fun question before you leave the chat room because we like to end on such a light and exciting and fun note. Now, I'm interested okay. because I haven't had a, I haven't had a Bay Area Hero leash. So I'm gonna be. I'm gonna ask her my infamous hero question. And if you were a superhero, what or who would you be? You can make something up. And what type of superpower would you have? Hmm. Coming from the Bay if Area. If I was a superhero, um, ooh, well, I ain't gonna say her because I don't know how old y'all is, and then it'll make me look real, real old. Um, <laughs> you can put it out there. <laughs> um, I think I would be the biotic woman. <gasps> That's and I, she's not even a superhero, but I would be a, the biotic woman because you know the body never break down, and you know she Ooh. she gets the job done. She gets the job done. So, okay. it, yeah, That's- I think I would like that. <laughs> At least that's the first one that. for us. We haven't had a bionic woman. Mhm. I like that. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think okay. I would do Bionic Woman, if not Wonder Woman. Okay. You know, somebody like that. Mhm. So we haven't had the Bionic Woman. That's a good one. Yeah, we haven't had that yet. We haven't had that. We appreciate you coming to spend your time coming to kick it with the ladies of the chat. Have a few laughs. Tell us about your work. Share your just share your world with us. We appreciate you. We want you to shout out all of your social media and any events that you have, um, and any websites you may have if people want to contact you. Um, if people on my social media is Arthur Angie Liddell fan page Angie Liddell. Um, my Instagram is Angie. Liddell, no, it's Arthur Angie, Arthur underscore Angie Liddell, and Twitter is Angie underscore the author. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to see okay. so many of them. You know, my kids are trying to get me to do this Snapchat stuff, and you know that's too much mm-hmm. for me. 
But um <laughs> No, but <laughs> anyway, I'm trying to learn all of this stuff. See, but see with the Snapchat, you can really wow. like post your cover. Like you can put your cover up there. So your the stories that you're putting on Snapchat, you know, you don't have to necessarily talk all the time. But like if you're at an event and you want to say something, if you just want to say good morning, just something real, you know, quick. That's just another um, direction you can go as far as being able to promote yourself and the things that you got going on and allow people to just step in your world a little bit. So don't give up on it now. Just just you know, do a little bit of something, just a little bit here and there. Well, I'm going to have to research it because I don't even know the first thing. Look, it took me forever to get an Instagram. So <laughs> I know that's right. I'm like, what, what is it for? They were saying, Mommy, you just take pictures and put them up. Oh, day. So I was like, yeah. Oh, Lord. Okay. <laughs> okay. Look, okay, y'all. Y'all can't get y'all mama on these things without showing her how to utilize them. I'm going to need somebody <laughs> to give her a hand and help her. Be able to use it. Next time she come on here, I want her to be like, "Look, y'all, I'm on this. I got this going on." We gonna be like, "Whoa, okay." Oh, right, right. Well, when you when you talk to me a year or two from now, that's gonna be in that list too. All right. <laughs> she on she on everything now. She on everything. <laughs> she everywhere. Right, well, right. Thank you so much, Angie, for joining the ladies of Let's Chat. We so appreciate you, and we wish you all the best. And this is your home. You can come back here anytime. You have some new material that you'd like to share with your readers. Thank you so much for having me. It was fun chatting with you guys. I, I, you know, I'm gonna hit y'all up on Facebook. Leave a couple of timeouts on some pages. <laughs> Her personality is just (laughs) awesome. You know, just I love what we do. Honestly, I love what we do because we get to meet so many different dope people. Just just dope Mm -hmm. and that's why I did the topic today, I am literature, because you are literature. And we appreciate everything that you do, every all the time that you spend to make sure us as readers are able to have um our our New world because really as a reader you mm-hmm. get to step into a different world you get to breathe different life you get to have different experiences and we appreciate you for all that you do. Yes, well, we do. Thank you very much. Now don't y'all forget the one click either. Now. Oh, oh no, we no, don't we forget one click. Oh clicking. no, we one click here on the chat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, <man>. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> all righty. Well, thank you guys again, and I'll come back whenever you guys uh, need me to. Thank, Thank you so we much. We appreciate you. <laughs> All right, y'all have a good night. Okay, you I too. I love her personality. Yeah. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Mm-hmm. This is Les Chat. If you're just tuning in, we have the fabulous author Angie Liddell. If you missed her interview, no worries. Just head over to our archives here at blogtalk.com and check them out. You can also go on iTunes. And they should be up on SoundCloud uh, by tomorrow. We're going to take a brief break, and then we will be back with the fabulous Omar Tyree. All right. This is State of Emergency. Bitches, 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 bitches. You want me to do? I'm sorry. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. 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 Corporate loving hustle. Making money hustle. Independent business. 24 struggles. On the block hustle. Boom. 
and then working on ghostwriting for other people's books. But right now, I'm still waiting for that Fly Girl movie to blow with uh, Lionsgate. So I'm not going to do any new books for me until that movie blow because, you know, a lot of the new books I put out, I want them to have a much bigger audience. And they pay a lot more attention when you get those films popping. Absolutely. Huh. Absolutely. And I'm glad that you mentioned that because we want you to drop some jewels. There are a lot of authors that are new to the game. And I always say you got to know what you know because you know it and be able to um, – do mix and mingle in all aspects of literature. Um, right. Talk a little bit about that. Drop some jewels on them today. Well, you know, I've been in literature now for uh, over 25 years. I have a degree in journalism, so, I mean, that's that's my number one profession. But right now, you know, these cell phones are taking over, television is taking over, and so people have a lot of distractions that take them away from reading. Uh, so literacy is not as strong as it used to be. Uh, so, you know, with me realizing that I'm not going to go down with the ship, i got to use my writing skills and other avenues, which, you know, it'll be a film, it's going to be music, and then I can consult for other people who want to get into the literary art field. You know, so I'm not dead in the water yet, but, you know, I understand that the ship is, is going down there, so i got to make sure that I can do other things to get off that ship if it does go down all the way. Uh. No, that's right, Omar. This is Tony, and thanks again for joining us tonight. Oh, you know, we know time is precious. Uh, you've been in the business for over 25 years, and you have your hand in so many pots. If you could tell yourself, your 25-year-old self, an avenue that you need to focus more on as in addition to literature, what would that be? Music. I'm doing it right now. You know, I'm not mm. stopping it because that's the fastest entity. That's the one that black people have the most power in. That's the one that our kids are doing the most in. And you got these cell phones. That's the thing they listen to the most. They watch videos and they listen to music. You know, so if you want to have an impact, you got to go there. And so I got a 19-year-old singer. I got an 18-year-old singer. I got a 22-year-old rapper, a 19-year-old rapper, and then a 25-year-old who does it all. You know, so I'm going to ride these guys, and I got other people I want to start working with. And uh, I got the know-how. I got the business acumen. I understand how to create stuff. And so I got to keep doing it until the cows come home. You know what I mean? So it is what it is. I'm already doing what I'm supposed to be doing. It ain't no stopping. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now I have a question. I think I've asked you this before. But your passion is the youth. That That is one of your um, top passions that I know that you have. Do you see yourself writing any children or tween books? I've already written a children's book. It's called 12 Brown Boys. And, you know, we, we still want to sell that. In fact, I'm coming back to the literacy movement with my nonprofit, the Urban Literacy Project, ULP. And I have a project called Reach for the Sky, where I have a partner, Aubrey Watkins, that I went to school with back in Pittsburgh in the late 1980s. And he's been on the math and science side. And so they have something called STEM that everyone's talking about, which is uh, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. And he'll handle that component in our literacy uh, groups. And then I'll handle the art and the literacy component. You know, in art, uh, you know, uh, what's that? Music is an art form. Uh, film is an art form. And then uh, videos is another, you know, art form. Graphic design is an art form. You know, radio is a spoken art form. You know, so I'm going to teach that, and including, you know, books and poetry and the written literacy forms. And so we're going to go ahead and do that. We got we have a platform we're going to use in Philadelphia, probably 
the 29th, which is two Tuesdays from now, uh, or maybe maybe it's the 30th, and then we're going to go ahead and start the whole platform for the fall when school season starts back up in 2017. And then we have to go out to grant monies and individuals who, you know, want us to go back into the school systems or urban areas and teach them STEM and art and literacy. You know, so I'm going to continue to push literacy. Uh, but on the economic side, you know, right now, until I can get those films to pop off or until the Urban Literacy Project makes it more popular, you know, with the music and everything else, you know, you got to look at where you can get more of an impact while you're still alive and still kicking. You know, so a lot of people say, Omar, your strength is books. Well, if your strength is weak, then that means you're weak. You know, so if your strength is something that's weak, you got to get into something else strong. You know, so that's what I have to do right now. Mm. No, that's right. This is Tony Omar. You know, you're so passionate about uh, the music part of what you do. Now, what what you have accomplished so far, is it self-taught, or did you do any type of formal training? Ask that question again. I didn't quite get it. You know, the music, you're so involved in the music part of what you're doing right now. So everything that you have accomplished so far musically, is it self-taught? Is it something that you went out to learn on your own, or did you have any type of formal training? Is that what you're saying, self-taught? Self-taught, mm-hmm. Well, you know, we all have music training. I've had a studio where I got been around engineers, and then you've been around mastering guys, and so you can call it self-taught, but when you put that many years, I've been doing music. People don't know this. I've been doing music since 1994, you know, so that's how many years is that? 23 years? You know, so that's been quite some time, too. Now, people didn't know that, but I had a studio uh, from 2003 to about 2005, and then I had a couple albums I did, a 2002 album in 2004, and then from that point on, I just dabbled in it, dabbled in it, dabbled in it, but I always had books, and so the books would always run me away from music because I didn't have to stay in it. But now, you know, the books are not a strength right now, so i got to, you know, push this music thing because it's it's a bigger entity. You know what I mean? It's the new life. It's the new passion. You know, so I've been dealing with mm-hmm. for a while, so I wouldn't really call it self-taught. I've been around a lot of professionals in it, working and stuff, You're engineering professionals, you know, mastering professionals, you know, and then the, 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 the industry professionals are selling the stuff. I just wasn't uh, tied to it because I had the book entity all the time. But now that book uh-huh. thing, man, it's like it's on the deathbed. You know what I mean? So uh-huh. that when that thing is going beep, 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 it's time to get something else that got life in it. Absolutely. Yeah, right. And I'm glad that Which you said that. It's ironic, ironic because a lot of the music people are saying the same thing about music. But then they jump over into television and books. You know, I'm like, all right, I did the book thing. I'm jumping over your industry. So it's always what, greener on somebody else's side, you know, when you're brand new and you have nothing but an upside, you know. So if, if I'm already in the music industry like Jay-Z and he's made, you know, a billion dollars, he's looking at it like, well, now I'm only making a million, you know, 20 million or whatever. I'm like, yo, I'll take that 20 million. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so it's the same right. way with book people. You know, I done made, you know, X amount of millions in the book world. I'm not making that now. So people jump over there and say, well, I'll make what you used to make. I'm like, that's great, but since I ain't making what I used to make, I'm not, you know, turned on as as much as I used to be. That's just a natural uh-huh. possession. Yeah. Uh-huh. Absolutely. And I'm glad yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't say self self taught. I've been around a lot of professionals in the game. Okay. 
Yeah. I'm glad you talked so about all the different that, avenues that's like that you internship and that's like internship and apprenticing. <laughs> but go ahead. I keep cutting you <laughs> off. I was gonna say I'm glad you talked about all of the different avenues that you came into. You've been in the game for twenty five years. What is the most surprising things that you've learned about yourself creatively, um, throughout your journey? There's nothing surprising. I'm not into surprises, so it ain't nothing surprising me. You know, I've been doing what I've been doing. I've been creative for a long time. You know, the most surprising thing to me is that, you know, black people tend to want the same stuff. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, with that urban stuff right now that I started, it's amazing that they don't get into black science fiction. They don't get into black global content. They don't get into speculative fiction, all the other entities, other types of publishing. Other types of worlds, you know. There's a lot of stuff I would love to write. You know, the whole I had a series called The Traveler, which is about a dude that travels around the world and gets in trouble everywhere he goes, so I could talk about other cultures and people. And a lot of Black Americans weren't interested in that, you know. So I think the most surprising thing is that that word "relate" that we use all the time. They only want to relate to what they want to relate to, and that's sad. But that's like, okay, if you're reading books all about the hood and you already relate to the hood, you already there. You ain't learning nothing new. Or the same thing with erotica. I understand sexiness and sexiness and all that, but if that's all you want to read all the time, something's wrong with that. Like, come on, man, that's all you want to read all the time? Come on, there's other stuff to read about, other things you can be interested in. And so that would be the most surprising thing that, you know, we don't stretch our range of thought into other creative ideas. Yeah, that would be the most surprising. But nothing that I've done, you know what I mean? I know what my capabilities are and how many different interests I have. You know, in fact, I've been involved in science fiction and loving science fiction for years. I'm going to the movies at night to see that Aliens Covenant film before it comes out tomorrow. I'm going to see it Thursday night instead of so I love science fiction. But when you talk about writing it for black people, oh, I don't read that stuff. I don't read that stuff. You know, so that's the most surprising to me that, you know, we still won't stretch our mentality into other creative forms. Mm-hmm. Well, I will say there are some people that do read science fiction, but I always say books is like walking in the Baskin and Robbins. You know, you walk in the Baskin and Robbins, and you got to see the buckets and buckets of ice cream, and you got the little spoons, and you say, let me taste that one. Let me taste that one. I think that people, most of the time, readers all have that word of mouth. So they, it's easy for somebody else to share to to sell you what they like, and they've, you've been sold so many times on what somebody else likes as a reader through word of mouth, you don't know what you like yourself. You don't know what's going to interest you until somebody introduces you to it. You see what I'm saying? So there are a lot of readers that read science fiction, but there are some that that will say, I didn't even know black people wrote science fiction. But it's just the point of being able to sample that, somebody to get them into a good science fiction book. So because you are a sci-fi lover, I want you to give uh, three sci-fi book recommendations for our listeners. Yeah. Well, that's a hard thing to do when you're talking about introducing people. You got to have a whole lot of capital to do that, you know, to keep reading that. And then, and then the publisher would be like, "We told you they weren't interested," and now you're trying to. No, 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 no. I mean, based on what you have read <laughs> and the things that you enjoy from sci-fi, there are a lot of yeah. listeners on the phone that are avid readers, even if they're authors. Well, authors my favorite, my favorite, my favorite all-time book is Wild Seeds from Octavia Butler. So they need to start with that. And then there's a brother named Stephen Barnes. 
who's been writing a bunch of uh, African-American science fiction books. So they can start with Stephen Barnes uh, and Octavia Butler. And she's like world renowned. She's just awesome. And so they can start with that. And they both have, Stephen Barnes and Octavia Butler, they both have about 15 books apiece. So you start with them two. That'll, that'll keep you busy. Absolutely. We got a hand up. You feel like taking a call? Say it again. We have a hand up. You feel like taking a call? Oh, sure. We got 302-505. You're live in the chat room with author Omar Tyree. May I have your name where you're calling from? Well, actually, this is S. Raven Storm. How are you? Hi. Hi. How you doing? Hi. I'm commenting on I was introduced to you, Omar, through Travelers. And the one thing that I liked about Travelers is that it was so different and so unique. Taking right. that trip, uh-huh. going to, uh, I think it was um, it was in Dubai, to the Middle East. Right. I was saying the Middle East. And then with right. all the, the intrigue and all the espionage and all the stuff, right. it was different. It was different. And I agree right. with you. Right. I agree with you 100% because I'm a sci-fi and paranormal reader, and that's why I write paranormal, because it's right. outside the box. It's like coloring a Picasso. No, it's not going to look just like a Monet, because it's outside the box. Right. It's, there is no no rules and regulations to it. Right. And Octavia Butler is the best at it. God rest her soul. Yeah. The best. She's the dope. best. Yes, and she opened the door to a lot of black people to stretch their minds and to get out of being in a single lane because there are so many other things to write, whether it's a crime drama, whether it's a comedy, or whether it's erotica, or whether it's sci-fi or paranormal. There's too many other lines out there to cross without just being in urban. Vampire and zombie books. I, I did a zombie book last year with uh, a group of four women, and uh, I wrote vampire stuff years ago. So I've been all over the place. But you know, those books are harder to sell to a group that just wants urban, 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 street, 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 street. You know, and I'm like, well, that's hey, man. why you got to find you another niche. Yeah, you have to yeah. find you another niche. Let someone else know what you're about. Right. All right, I got you. I'm glad you read that. Uh, the, the Welcome to Dubai, the traveler. Because I wanted to do a lot yes. more of those. Yeah, I wanted to do a lot more. And I, I wanted list you that I wanted to. to do. Yeah. I wanted yeah, I gotta, you to. I really, I come back to that. really did. Thank and Thank and I'm going to be honest with you. And I know this is going to make some people um, a little angry. And, and and it's one of the reasons why I had to change the cover to my first book. Okay. I wrote. Three books, Someone for Me, Someone for Me, Two, Tina's Turn, Someone for Me, Three, Stone Story. I went to a huge book um, signing, three mm-hmm. boys, predominantly white. They asked, they kept asking me, what made me change my genre? And right. I'm saying, I didn't. I didn't change my genre. But they kept looking at that first cover. And they thought it was urban. Right. If you look at all the books 
that's out there today with a lot of the African-American writers, they all have the same look predominant. Right. Bad to say, but people, yeah, but it's bad to say, but people look at the cover and read the book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They look well, at the I'm cover and you, determine what it is. I, I'm mm-hmm. glad that you said that, and we're going to place you back in the queue. We know we're going to have you on in a few more minutes. We're going to step back into that. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad that you said that because we talk about eye candy. Uh, when it comes to books, and books are eye candy. And part of the eye candy that draws the reader in because they are visual is the cover. Um, The cover, Mm -hmm. the colors on the cover, um, the title of the book, your synopsis, those are things that will draw people into your book. And then sometimes they open it up and say the content, and like, oh, my God, this book was horrible. But I wouldn't have known that from the outside of the book. So that, that content um, is something that readers see last, and that's where they go to feel the author's pen. See, they felt their vision, and they felt that their their passion and what they were trying to exude as far as their the eye candy they presented to the readers. But when they open the book, the reader has to be able to not only see that eye candy but feel your pen at the same time. And sometimes it's hard um, Authors have different writing styles. They do things a little differently. Omar, can you talk a little bit about that? We're going to put you back in the queue, Raven. We we got you in about a few minutes. Right. Okay. You're talking about the different right. Thank you, sister, for calling in and uh, talking about the trial. I love you, thank Omar. You. Oh, thank you. Much love to you. Yeah. So your question was about writing styles. Yeah, talk about the different writing styles um, that authors have. And well, I'm, I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you a funny story. Uh, Twenty years ago, okay, when we was around 1997. Okay, me and Eric Jerome Dickey, we were like neck and neck. Now he had a larger mm-hmm. audience because he was always writing, you know, for older people. I had younger people and whatnot, so he had a, a more bigger audience. But mm-hmm. sometimes people would email me. And say, oh, I liked your book, but it, it, it was kind of slow. And I kept thinking, like, kind of slow. And I never thought of my books being slow. I said, what do you mean, kind of slow? Like, what are you talking about? And so then I started asking people that would say it's kind of slow. Like, do you read Eric Jerome Dickey's book? And they're like, yeah. And so I said, okay, you know, he's a plot-driven writer. So when you write from the plot, things move fast because it's about action. So it's more of a mystery thriller kind of writing. I'm more of a character writer where I'm trying to develop the characters so you understand the psychology of what the people are going through before they get involved in anything. And so I'm saying my stuff is not moving fast, but compared to plot-driven stories, it will feel that way because I'm more concerned about the person and their psychology than I am a plot. But with Eric Jerome Dickey's books, he was writing plots where stuff happens, stuff happens, stuff happens, and you learn the characters through the plots. Where my stuff is about, I'm going to break down the character and then unravel the things that they're involved in. And so that's the difference between a character-written book versus a plot-written book. And so you got a lot of people now who they actually write plot-driven books where everything is moving, 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 and it's like for people that they don't have a great attention span. And so now you're trying to develop characters so you can explain black people and the situation they're in, and some of these people don't have the temperament or the patience for that. And so that's a different writing style that has hurt a lot of people who, you know, don't have the patience to slow down and really understand what you're writing or reading, rather, 
and what you're reading about, you know, who you're reading about. And I was more concerned about unraveling black psychology than I was just telling a quick story. You know, and that's no knock on uh, Eric Jerome Dickey. He's great at what he does, but I was trying to do something different with my books. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And in the words of Victoria Christopher Murray, your characters give your books legs. That's what gives your book legs to move into different areas and to different readers because they, you might have a character that, you know, people have loved for 25 years. That character gave right. that some legs. Um, which is important. Right. Yeah, so my favorite mm-hmm. character, I wrote a book called Leslie from New Orleans. And she was a beautiful black Indian girl that, you know, got up into a murder spree because she was tired of people, you know, uh, victimizing her and her family. You know, when you live in poverty, that's what they do all the time. They victimize you, you know, because that's what all poverty people do. They tease you and bother you all. And so Leslie says, you know what, the next person that calls me out my name, or tries to hurt me or one of my family members, I'm going to hurt them. And when you live in the hood, they challenge you every day. And so Leslie had to kill a few people. And I love that girl because, you know, when you read it, it's like Leslie kept telling people, don't make me have to hurt you. And that's the saying that black women typically they play with that. Girl, don't make me have to hurt you. But Leslie was like, look here, I'm serious. Don't make me have to hurt you because if you bother me and my family, I'm not going to turn the other cheek anymore. And so that's my favorite character, man. And it spooked a whole lot of people out. But I'm basically saying, look, leave them girls alone. Give them peace of mind. That's what Leslie wanted. Leave me alone. Give me some peace of mind. But when you live in the hood, they don't know how to leave each other alone. Everybody's angry and bothering each other. And that book was based in New Orleans, which has one of the highest murder rates in the country, always has one of the highest murder rates because, yeah, they're in poverty and they're angry and they're trying to figure out what they need to do to get out of it. You know, so that's real talk. I deal with real characters, but some people don't like you to get that deep. They just want a story. They don't want to go that deep into the psychology. But I take you there, mm-hmm. you know. And so that's my favorite character, you know, Leslie. Mm. Well, also, Omar, this is Tony. It's also a matter of knowing your audience, knowing your reading audience. And and those are the, 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 the readers that will flock towards certain books. And uh, y'all make sure y'all check out. Omar's favorite character in that book he's talking about. But, Omar, we're going to give you a fun question as you leave the chat room. And once again, thank you so much for joining the ladies of Let's Chat. And I'm going to lean on your musical side for your fun question. Now, if you could sing one song, say, on American Idol, what song would it be? And are you going to give us a taste of, of what that song is going to would be? <laughs> on American Idol, huh? <laughs> Uh-huh. I'm putting you it's right there. Mm-hmm. Well, what our audience is American Idol. That's like a young audience, eh? Teenagers and Well, 20s. we have a ton of people in the queue. You're going to be touching someone. They're mm-hmm. listening, so you better serenade us. We have a house full of people. Mm-hmm. We like that. Go ahead. <laughs> well, you guys give, can give play a song. I sent you a song called 16 again. Where yeah, you want to live. If you want to, if you're talking about the American Idol group, then you're talking about a group of teenagers in early 20s. That's what you're talking about. If you're going to name that audience, you know, so for them, you got to do something that hits them in the heart, you know. So the 16 again, you know, I'm wishing I was 16 again. You know, basically, I'm saying, you know, I used to be 16 three times over. You know, now I'm 48 years old, and the things that I think about, they don't do anymore. 
You know, the, the, the things that we reminisce on, they don't do anymore. So I would love to have that Fly Girl book to come back and show when we were 16 when hip-hop was at its, its budding period, you know, when we still went to house parties, block parties, and, and uh, uh, skating rings and, and playground mm-hmm. parties. And, you know, we were fly as ever back then. You know, so that that would be my original song. But you guys can play that. You talking about live? You can play that for the audience <laughs> because I ain't got no melody <laughs> behind me to do it. <laughs> Look, you so yeah, sick. y'all got you it know already. Trying to get you to sing play it for the audience. <laughs> <laughs> we gonna play that a little bit of that sixteen again before we play it, Omar. We want you to shout out all of your social media and all the events that you have coming up because you got a few events that you have coming up. People may want to come out, meet and greet you, shake your hand, and grab a few copies of the books that you have. Yeah, I'm going to a, a girls' basketball tournament event in Atlanta uh, for you know the girl club. Uh, my 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 friend Nick Nicola uh, Mitchell, yeah, she's she's making that happen. I'm gonna be down there on Friday night at the bazaar. They got a Dagon uh, Bazaar. We're handing out awards down in Atlanta. Then on Saturday night they got the basketball tournament. All of my social media is Omar Tyree. Outside of my uh, Instagram page is only one Omar Tyree. It's the number one, only the number one Omar Tyree. Everything else is just Omar Tyree. That's uh, Twitter. That's uh, uh, Facebook. That's uh, SoundCloud. And I also have uh, LinkedIn. It's all Omar Tyree. And, uh, you know, that's that's the newest thing. I also have an app now, Omar Tyree app, which I wanted to promote a lot more. But we're going to do that as this music starts to come out. I'm going to start pushing my app again and doing interviews mm-hmm. for film, interviews for books, interviews for music, putting it all on my app, and then introducing brand-new music on the app and all the young people that I'm working with. And so that app is going to be quite powerful as I continue to build it. Awesome. Absolutely, absolutely. Yep. We love it. We appreciate you coming to kick it with us in the chat room. I know you'll be busy doing your thing. I appreciate you, and I'll see you this weekend. Thank you. You're you got the movie. It. This some of that 16 again by Omar Tyree. It's crazy, man. I woke up this morning and realized that I'm close to 50 years old now. And the young boys out here act like my life is over with. So it got me to thinking, man, like, what if I could go back in time? I'm wishing I was 16 again. I'm wishing I was 16 again. I've been thinking about it, man. With the things that I know now. Now three times over Feels like I got angels now Looking over my shoulder Still thinking back every day To my mom and things I told her Now I did most of those things But every year I still get bolder I'm not supposed to be doing Young folks music but I done told ya I'm bringing the 1970s Back like Ali and Frazier But I'm no New York kid Growing up in Madison Square Garden I'm a West Philly kid who grew up with Dr. J in the spectrum. Spectrum, spectrum. I wish I was
remember being a kid and buying my very first racket at the corner record store shop in Stanton Ave in Washington Lane, back West Oak Lane. Mass Productions had the funky firecracker song for me. Then the Sugar Hill Gang dropped rappers, these like so dope And the party went crazy when they dropped the Apache. I even bought a couple records back then from the Treacherous Three. With Special K, Sunshine, and Cool Mode D. Man, I remember vivid. You are now tuned in to the mother uh uh-uh, greatest Right and Royalty Radio. We appreciate everybody for tuning in. That was the fabulous Omar Tyree. If you want to get more information and keep up with this man that is hustling in the book industry, make sure you go to www.omartyree.com. You get all information, all where he's going to be, how he's going to get there. Everything will be on his website. We appreciate him um, and coming on to share his time, share his music with us. Now we have our next guest, the fabulous S. Ravenstorm. If you were just tuning in and you missed our other guests on the show, no worries. Just head over to our archives at the end of the show here on blogtalk.com or on iTunes as well as SoundCloud and check out um, the shows that you've missed. And we're going to, oh, we have a hand up. Oh, this is S. Raven Storm, 302-505. Hey, Raven. Hello. Hello, ladies. Hello again, my dear. Yeah, I really enjoyed Omar. I'm trying to tell you, you know, I don't usually go for the Carmel. I go for the Hershey, but <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> you are a mess, girl. A mess. <laughs> You know, we appreciate you, Raven. We appreciate you. You always support us. You're always listening to our show. You're always streaming our show um, because of your work hours. If you can't, you always let us know um, that you're listening. And we appreciate you and all that you do to support us here on Let's Chat. But I also know that you are an author as well. So what you got cooking in your creative kitchen, hunty? Oh, wow. I've got a lot of stuff going on. Um, thank God. Um just for creative flow, for one thing, um, I was picked up a couple of months ago, well, two months ago from uh, this publishing company called Painted Hearts, and they're going to be releasing my second 100% pure uh, paranormal book, which is going to be titled Black Tie Affair. Uh, it's about a cat burglar who is actually a Black Panther shifter, so he's a cat burglar who is actually a cat. And, um, of course, it's got a lot of romance in it, a lot of intrigue, um, and it's going to be exciting. So I'm waiting for that to come out. That should be out uh, next month. I'm also writing a book. Um, it's called Closed Eyes Open, and I'm almost complete with that, I think. Because, you know, I listen to my characters and I don't stop until they stop talking. So I'm writing that, and that is going to be my first vampire novel. And uh, I also was asked to do an anthology uh, with a group, and the title of their anthology that they've been working on for the last year is A Wolf's Hunger. And so I'm going to be a part of that, so that's a wolf shape shifter book 
And um, basically, I'm just keeping busy, keeping busy writing. Mm-hmm. You got a lot going on over there, girl. Well, yeah, and I'm looking to do a couple of events in between. You know, uh, just piggybacking on what Omar was saying, um, I enjoy writing something that's totally different than the norm. Um mm-hmm. Just spicing it up. When I started writing my first book, Someone for Me, I leaned on the paranormal because I gave her a gift of sight, and I also incorporated that with the American Indian because I had a shaman that was in the book, and she had powers. Mm-hmm. So I, I did that. But I do in a lot of romance, but I still stuck mm-hmm. with the paranormal. Uh, when I did the second book, Someone for Me Too, I leaned more on the romance and not as much on the paranormal, even though it was still in the book. But then when I did mm-hmm. Someone for Me Three, um, I let him have the power and possess all of the gifts his mother and his grandmother had, plus some of his own. So it became more of a paranormal book than just Mm -hmm. romance. And then, of course, Lion's Queen, which made me really rethink how I was writing, because that book is my bestseller. And it Mm -hmm. is straight paranormal shifter. And it's a market out there. There is a market out there. People like it because it's entertaining. It's 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 different. Mhm. Wow. Now, Raven, this is Tony. For um, you know, we, we we've been talking about the different genres on the show, and for those that may not be familiar with what a paranormal novel actually is, just give them a little bit on what they can expect when they pick up a paranormal book written by the wonderful as Raven Storm. Well, for one thing, paranormal is totally outside the box. If you watch Vampire Diaries or you've read or you've watched uh, Twilight, those are paranormal. Uh, Uh When you get into shifters, uh, even getting into some of the sci-fi, it's a form of paranormal because it's something that's different than what we are accustomed to, whether it's aliens in space or vampire, witches, uh, shifters. Mm-hmm. That is all paranormal. My books are paranormal, romance, and I say it's erotica, not erotic, but erotica. Because there's a difference between the two. Oh, one has a storyline, okay. and one is straight sex. Mm-hmm. So mine have it's for adults. That's what how I look at it. My motto is: mm-hmm. if it ain't naughty, it ain't nice. <laughs> I know that. I right. want my readers to. I want my readers to feel the heat. I don't want it to be a kiss from across the room. And then they holding hands, and then now they married. No, because there's too much other stuff going on in between there. And I'm going to let mm-hmm. you know what that other stuff is. 
well, all right, all right. honey, you better talk that talk. <laughs> I mean, that's life. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. You know, we, we, we've all been there. We're grown. We're adults. And we got certain things that we like to read. Yes, it's nice to have the romance. It's nice when you have somebody pursuing you with the flowers and taking you out to wine and dine. That's good. It's That's fair because I'm a romanticist. But mm-hmm. I'm also a freak, and I'm going to bring the freak in. <laughs> oh, well, okay. <laughs> talk that talk, Miss Raven. <laughs> I know that's right. You better let them know. Now our topic today, Miss Raven, is I am literature. Tell me what that means to you. I am literature means to me my, that my mind can travel places that I don't know. So I know I'm literature because mm-hmm. I can sit down and my mind can take me to different places. My book that I wrote, Black Tie Affair, I was in the studio, in a studio that uh, near me to do an interview. And Mm -hmm. um, before the interview, they wanted to sit down in the boardroom. Well, the person who owned the studio had to go make a phone call. And he left me and another friend of mine, who's also uh, an author, Regina Brumbley. And um, we're sitting there, and he had this huge picture, and it was of a black panther. Beautiful Mm -hmm. picture. And I sat there, and I looked at that picture. It was no more than maybe 10 minutes that he was gone. And I turned Mm -hmm. around to Regina, and I said, I just wrote my next book. She said, what? I said, it's called Black Tie Affair. It's about a black panther who's a shifter, and he's a cat burglar, and he goes to black tie affairs with all the rich people, and he rips them off. And she looked at me, and she said, you got that from that picture? I said, I sure did. Just like that. Then I have a a book that I'm going to be starting after this one. I was in the doctor's office. There was a picture, simple picture. It was of water from the ocean breaking up against the rock with a cave. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. it. Blue blue skies, blue water, gray rocks, a cave. I sat there and I looked at it. My next book going to be about female vampire, a female pirate. Mm. Wow. Is that the Closed Eyes Open book you're writing? No, Closed Eyes Open is going to be a vampire book. But my whole thing is this. To me, that's literature. When you can, your mind, go places while you're sitting still, that you hear voices talk to you and can tell you who they want to be as far as the character and what they have to say. Mm-hmm. Most people think writers are insane. There have been some writers have wrote some insane stuff. When you look at Edgar Allan Poe, look at Stephen King, Shakespeare. Mm. When you look at some of the things that they wrote, it was totally outside the box of their time. 
totally. Mm-hmm. Phyllis Wheatley. Tony Morrison. Mm-hmm. And if you want to do right now, you got you got Beverly Jenkins. Look what she's writing. She's writing historical romances. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Outside the box. Mm-hmm. And y'all don't don't be sleeping on these um historical romances now because we had an author on the show the year before last and she introduced me to um oh, what's the name of that book? The Robinson mm-hmm. Women? No. Lincoln. Is it the Lincoln? Was it Lincoln? Mm-mm. It was based off of the um, Frederick Black Douglas. The Douglas Women. And let me right. tell the Douglas y'all. Women. Mm-hmm. Let me tell y'all. She was, I mean, that book was, I didn't think I would even like reading something like that. That's why I always say, when you are in the world as a reader, it's like walking into 31 Flavors. It's like walking in the Baskin and Robbins. You don't know what you like necessarily until you taste it. And exactly. when somebody says historical fiction, I would be like, huh? no, nah, I, want, I want something different. But it is different. But when you go into it, it's so it's much not. drama. That it's, is just as it's, juicy. And it's entertaining. At, exactly. It takes you away. Exactly. It takes you away. Because the other woman, she was bold. I was, I was like, oh, she's bold. I mean, just, just the way the characters are written in that book and the storyline. I was giving uh, Frederick Douglass a side eye. Yes, I did. I was like, mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just giving him a side eye. And see, that's what I don't. I can't say aggravate. I'm not going to say aggravate, but that's something that I can't understand about a lot of African American white readers. They get stuck in this one thing. I've talked to a lot of people, and they say, "Oh, well, I don't read that kind of stuff." Oh, you do. You do um, paranormal. Oh, I don't read that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, what, what, have you ever read it? No, I just don't think I'd be interested in it. I've had mm-hmm. readers that I've gifted books to, and they've come back and say, you know, I didn't think I was going to like this, and I really enjoyed this book a lot. Mm-hmm. You have to because be open they never, the they, <laughs> you have to be open. You really do. You have to be mm-hmm. open. To change because that's mm-hmm. what sets precedent. We could still be doing the same old thing over and over again if there wasn't a change. Mm-hmm. And that's why I like Raven? your show. Oh, thank Let me you. This is why I like your show. I've I've peeped into a lot of authors that I didn't know was out there. A lot of authors I would not have read because I didn't know about them mm-hmm. because they weren't the Brenda Jackson or, you know, the, the Beverly Jenkins. Mm-hmm. That's another thing we get stuck with, names and not wanting to experiment what's out there from the underdogs 
the the people that's coming out, the little ones. Mm-hmm. Everybody starts somewhere. Mm-hmm. Everybody's not yeah. going to make it and 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 be on top and be part of Oprah's you know book club. You that's mm-hmm. not everybody's not going to do that. Mm-hmm. So you you kind of have to broaden your horizon and be willing to step outside your box in order to step mm-hmm. into someone else's box to see what's really going on. Well, we thank you for that, Raymond. We really do. And that's what Leisha and I try to bring to Let's Chat, the, the um, that free platform, because the platform is free. And just to get to know the author through their personality and get to know, you know, some someone else that you may want to read. <clears throat> Excuse me, but you touched on so many key points and I love hearing your author's perspective as to why you read, as to why you write. But we as readers, because you know, Leisha and I are readers first and foremost, when I pick up a book, I want to be entertained. I want it to take me somewhere other than where I am right now. I want to be shown what this author had in her mind when she looked at that picture the way you did in the doctor's office or, or mm-hmm. at the the, the 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 cat, the tiger or what whichever one it was. Yeah, I wanna see yeah. that and I wanna I wanna feel that. I, we love feeling an author's pen. And we never know what's gonna show up in a book until we break that spine. So everything that you share with us and our listeners, we so appreciate what an author brings well, thank to you. the reader. We really thank do. Thank you. Absolutely. And as a reader, even it, it doesn't hurt to always reach out and look at different things, um, different different yeah. points of views, different ways people write, because you got first person and you got third person. Uh, you got some people that write in second person. Some people can do all three. You know what I'm saying? But it, yeah. it yeah. gives you, it brings their world to you a different way. Um, I exactly. didn't like first person at first. It was just something about first person I couldn't get with. And the, my thing with first person that I love is that the author is able to add attitude to the the character and bring you in a little mm-hmm. bit more than they can mm-hmm. do in third person. So it's it's just different things. And don't get me wrong, I I have authors that I love, and I've picked up some of their books, and I'm like, mm, I don't like this one. You know what I'm saying? So it's yeah. not like yeah. everything you write is going to hit. And I think that a lot mm-hmm. of times authors, new authors, get frustrated um, because they feel like, well, there's nobody checking for me right now. That's why we have less chat because we people some people right. don't know you're there and you have to put yourself in a position to be introduced to different people. But everything that you write, everything that you put out, is not going to hit. But the thing is, no. making sure that your your library is so dope that when you got that one book that starts hitting, one thing about readers that I know as as far as being a reader, if I read one book by this author that I love, I'm going to go back and read the other books in their library. Mm-hmm. So exactly. I'll that, exactly. that your books and your library are on point. I don't care if they hit or not. You want to make sure they're on point because when you got one book that draws them in, it's going to draw them into your other books. I want you to drop a few jewels on newer authors, something that – People may have dropped on you over the years, um, things you have picked up and learned. 
I'm going to tell you, mm-hmm. there's one person who I accredit a lot of my strength from. Her name is Altonia Washington. I started talking to Altonia Washington before my first book came out. And one of the things she told me is you always strive for the very top. And if you don't make it and you fall, you still at a high at a higher platform than you were just being on the bottom. The truth. Because I've gone through so many different transitions of trying to get my book out there and being turned down. Oh my God. I had so many rejection letters and I kept questioning whether or not I should do this. Should I do this? And maybe I'm not good at this. Maybe my friends are just telling me this because they're my friends. Mm -hmm. But once I finally put that first book out and I started getting people to respond to it, even though it was just a handful of people, it gave me enough confidence to keep going. So I say to them, don't doubt yourself. If you think your stuff is really good, you put it out there. Whether you have to do it on your own, because it's hard to get somebody to pick you up. It's hard to get a publishing company. And to tell tell you the truth, right now, a lot of these publishing companies is falling by the wayside. These big boys, these ones that we really looked at and said, okay, this is the place to be, they're closing up shop. So indie mm-hmm. authors are really at its peak right now to be an indie author. Two, don't make the mistake of going cheap. I did that. Mm -hmm. I had to redo book one and book two because I had someone to edit my book. They were Mm -hmm. in the the industry. They were a teacher. They knew English. They knew all of this stuff, and they put that book together together. And me, being me, and trusting and believing, I didn't go back over to see if they knew what they were doing because, hey, I asked them to help me. Uh That's when I found out the book was not edited properly. I went, I spent Uh the money, I got book three edited, and when I did book three and got it edited, my book, was picked up with some of the mm, the most critical reviewers, and they gave me a five star. And every one of them mentioned one thing that was all similar: how well the editing was on that book. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I went back and I had her do my up my first two books, and she's been doing all my books. Ever since then Because You can write and tell a story I got a degree In English literature Now ask me about Some pronouns and run ons And and, I have no clue Because I'm not an English major I'm an English Mm -hmm. literature major Now you want to talk about Shakespeare You want to talk about Lord Byron We can have a conversation (laughs) Uh 
But now when you want to start getting on to different types of writing and formulas, no, I can't. That's not me. So I'm leaving that up to the professionals. Pay the money. Pay the money. And it's the same thing with a book cover that's going to click and it's going to draw attention to somebody. Not the same one that you've seen five, ten, fifteen other people have that same person on their book cover. Mm-hmm. And get you and another thing, research, research, research. If you're going to talk about it, know about it. Talk about it, know about it. Even down to the name of your book, do not have the same name that 50 other people have for their book because your book is going to get lost in the middle of all of that. Uh-huh. Stay confident, stay confident, stay confident. You, you got to have a tough skin because this is a tough business. When you can get a, a, a royalty check for $350, this month and two dollars and ten cents of next. <laughs> okay. Big difference, girl. <laughs> Big, you're difference. Going, Big difference. What in the world? <laughs> I know that's but, right, Raven. We always as always you have come on. It's true. It's true. And you hit on some key key points. That editing, that book cover and that title, those are the key things that draw a reader in. And uh, those are some great jewels that we hope our listening audience picked up in case we have any uh, up-and-coming authors in the queue listening. And as always, Raven, you come on and you just stir up some thoughts, great thoughts. And I love, now every time I go into a doctor's office or I'm waiting, I'm going to look at a picture. I'm like, well, now what will Raven write about? <laughs> yes, let it take you away. You know what? We we get away from that. Do you remember when um, when – long time ago, you know, people used to say, oh, you read a book so it can take you away. You know, mm-hmm. you can relax and be transformed. That's what a book is supposed to do. I should yeah. be able to be right in the middle of that book, standing in the corner, watching all of this stuff go down. Right. Instead of cow on, take me book. away, I'm going to say, S. Ravenstorm, take me away, girl. <laughs> And, honey, I can take you away, and I can do some stuff to you. Yeah, me. I know you can. Make sure you head on over there and check out what Miss Raven can do. One click right now. Raven, once again, thank you so much for joining the ladies here on Let's Chat and our listening audience. We so appreciate you. Now, I'm going to give you a fun question. Thank you so much. A fun question as you leave the chat room, but don't forget to leave your social media sites now. Your question tonight is, if you were a box of cereal, what would you be and why? (laughs) If I was to be a box of cereal, which one would Mm -hmm. I be? I think hmm, that is kind of tough because I'd be a whole lot of different things. (laughs) You've got to have a myriad of of cereals in one. I'm trying to tell you, I think if I was to be – a box of cereal, I would be just plain cornflakes because I would be something that you can do anything you wanted to do to it. Oh, keep ah. Oh, that's the love for That means you can, you, can, you can throw a banana on me. You can throw some sugar. You can leave me plain. You, should, you can crumble me up. 
You can put me over some food. You can do anything you Ooh. want to. Look at her. See that that imagination, at least even with a box of cereal, girl. <laughs> I see. You bad, Raven. You bad. <laughs> I mean, that's, this is that's why we love to do what would, we do. I it's, would it's, be just like that. You can step into an author's brain, into their world, mm. you find out some things, and then when you go read the book, it's like, mm-hmm, I see what she got, uh-huh. I understand why she did this. Mm-hmm, that's her thing. <laughs> Right. And, and let me tell you, I just wanted I'm to say. I'm going to be looking at pictures and eating cornflakes. <laughs> <laughs> Trying hey. to expand your mind. Yes. <laughs> right? Now, you, now, what you should have asked me, what, what kind of candy would I have been? See, then, oh. then we would have really had some fun. Oh, See, now I'm going to have to add that to my repertoire. Uh, she grown, y'all. She fast. She fast here on Let's Chat. But we appreciate you coming to kick it with us, sharing your journey, your time, your experience. We love you. We love that you support our show. You're always listening to our show. You share our show. Yes. We love that. We appreciate you. But you will know you are always welcome here on Let's Chat anytime. Make sure you shout out your social media and any events you have coming up on your way out of the chat room. Well, um, you can find me on Instagram, you can find me on Twitter, and you can find me on Facebook, all under S. Raven Storm. I also have a fan page that's called Rave Stormers. They uh, help me get through life. They help choose names and pictures and and just storylines that I bounce off them. So I love them very much. Um Mm-hmm. Um, my, I don't call them my fans. They my fam, my fam, not my fans. Um, the Rage mm-hmm. Stormers. So you can check me out on that too. And that's about only social media. God, I'm just right here. I'm just plain on me, just doing plain old things. Well, you're Looking doing extraordinary things. Ain't nothing plain about that Raven Storm, honey. <laughs> right? You are literature. We appreciate you. We thank you for coming to kick it with us today on the chat room. Thank we have you for had me. an awesome, thank you, an awesome show today. We had the fabulous Omar Tyree, Ask Raven Storm, and Angie Liddell. But because I believe Angie is maybe our second Bay Area, yay area mm-hmm. author here on Let's Chat, mm-hmm. we're going to do a little bit. We had our our new intro was created by Boss uh, Boss Dope Skills, who is uh, a producer and a dancer in Oakland, California. And we're going to play our intro as our exit. Um, shout out to the Bay Area. I love my home. And mm-hmm. we will see you guys tomorrow. Love you, girl. Love you.